This is Oddballers, and I'm your host, Elizabeth Wires, and I am in search of the odd and bizarre. So join me as I embark on this journey onto the B-side of life to find the oddities in the world. From witch hunts to trending skincare routines, schizophrenic writers and blood-sucking demons turned sexy pop culture icons. This is Oddballers. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Oddballers. My name is Elizabeth Wires, and I am your host. I am so, so thankful that you decided to click on this episode, and I really, really hope that I don't scare you off with all of the opinions that are going to be shared today. So I just want to first start off by saying that all the opinions that are in this episode that are said by me and my guest are not a reflection of us or our work environments and our professional careers. They are simply our opinions and they are not advice in any way. And we just wanted to have a discussion because there's a lot going on in the world and we wanted to talk about it. So without further ado, I would like to introduce you or I guess reintroduce you to our guest. We have fan favorite guest Miss Abby Fouts coming back specifically for this episode today. And I am so excited to once again speak with her because she has some very interesting things to say. If you are not familiar with Abby, she was on the third and the fourth episode of Oddballers about vampires. Abby is a graduate of the University of Iowa and a writer, and we could not be happier that she decided to come on another episode of Oddballers. So without further ado, let's just jump right into the episode and let's just start talking about some funky topics that are happening out there in the world today. There is only one episode this month, so unlike past months, you're not missing one. Don't worry. This is this is all you get this month, though, so cherish it. But let's just jump right into it because I'm very excited. So please welcome fan favorite guest, Miss Abby Fouts. <clears throat> God, I'm going to have to edit all this out. It's fine. How are you? I'm doing very good. I'm very happy that you wanted me back for a third time. Yeah, I know. I was thinking, who could I have on here? And, you know, it. I just wanted you back. And I think a lot of other people are in the same boat. I'm glad you introduced me as a fan favorite. That's the best <laughs> introduction I've ever had in my entire life right there. That's good. I mean, you are a fan favorite. You're. I'm. I'm your fan. And so you're my favorite. So it works. I will take it. I'll take it. There's a lot going on in the world today, and I think it's really important that people are up to date on current events and that people are, you know, understanding what's going on in the world around them, because really the world around them is important. And I think if you're unaware, then, you know, you're not doing the right things to, you know, live your life, I guess that kind of doesn't make sense, but 
All right, this is the Elizabeth that is now editing this rambunctious quote that is way too long, and I sound like a dumbass, but I would just like to say that what I'm trying to say is that if you are unaware of what's happening around you in the world and you are naive to everything that's going on today, then you're complicit, and you are also probably at risk of you know, spreading rumors about things because you aren't reading up on stuff. So make sure that you understand what's going on. Make sure that you read up-to-date information, that you cross-reference your sources. And if it's your opinion, fine, that's great. Tell it to people, keep it to yourself, do what you need to do. But if it is something that's rooted in fact, make sure that you're actually getting the facts and not just rambling some rumor that you heard. So that's what I was trying to say and that other stuff was way too long. Exactly. If you see it on BuzzFeed once, it's probably more than likely not true. Uh, that is a problem of mine because I love BuzzFeed. What do you but mean? Everything's on, everything on the internet's true. That's what I know. Like your personality, <laughs> I mean, like those you can't get wrong. Like those are like no right or wrong answer. Although sometimes you'll get one and you'll be like, I'm not like that whatsoever, but it's fine. I just mean in general, everything you see on the internet has to be true. Exactly. Google knows what? what they're talking about. Why wouldn't it be true? Why wouldn't people be able to go on there and just put whatever they want on the internet? It's crazy. It makes no sense to me. <laughs> well, the Olympics just got over. And after a year of being postponed, Tokyo 2020 was successful, I do want to say. Um, Des Moines actually had a watch party for the 10,000 meter runner from Dowling. Her name was Carissa. Um, oh. And that happened, I think, last saturday so the i don't know what the date was for that um the 7th i believe so that happened last saturday it was indeed on saturday august 7th i was correct on this just so you know and everybody gathered down on court avenue during the farmer's market and they watched her run the ten thousand meter i don't know about you but that just looks like the worst thing ever I, like I'm running math of ten thousand because i would do 800 in track when I was in middle school and I had to do the mile once and I cried my first two laps around the track so I can't even imagine and I don't know how many laps the 10,000 is I was gonna say the 400 is one lap so theoretically I could do the math but I'm not going to because I just do not wish to do that at this current time so it's like over 20 laps it's a lot, yeah. My, my math's probably very wrong. Okay, so I actually did look this up because I was incredibly curious, but the 10,000 meter is actually equivalent to about six miles, which is insane, which is also 24 laps around the track. I originally thought that it said a fourth of a mile, and I was like, that is so not right. So then after some further investigation, I was correct. <laughs> And it was not a fourth of a mile. It was actually closer to six miles. So when you are running the 10,000 meter race, it is 24 laps around the oval and six miles, which is so long. But yeah, that's still 10,000 meters. That's a long, that's a, that's a long time to be running. And, you know, these people, I don't know if you watched that or not. Um, I don't know if a lot of people did because it was very earlier in the morning, but um, I was watching it and these people were crossing the finish line and they were so tired. They were sweating. This one girl almost passed out. She had to have ice all over her body and she was actually the first place runner. And she was like 
I thought she was going to like really have to have medical help because she was just laying on the track and people were coming out and like helping her. And I was like, Oh, I mean, I, you know, you got to love what you do if you go to the Olympics for that. But at what point do you just say, I hate this? Exactly. I, I don't know if I'd like that. No, I, I've never even run anything close to that large number, but I would do the turkey trial with my family every year. It was always a traumatic experience. I would always, I did the 5k. So it's like a little over three miles. It's literally nothing. And every time I'd cross the finish line, I would like dry heave. Like, and I feel like, you know, you like the blood in your throat. And like this old man would always come and offer me water. (laughs) This old man. (laughs) Yes. There was always this old man that like the finish line with water bottles. I didn't know if he was a worker or just some like nice old man, but I can't imagine like what gets them up every day to work on that exhaustion, basically. And like, also they're running so fast. Like you don't think yeah. they are. I mean, they're not running like as fast as a sprinter would, but in comparison, like a normal person could never keep up. And I don't know, there was actually this thing that I saw on social media or TikTok or something. And it was like, what if they put normal people in with the Olympics to like do a comparison of them? And these people are like left in the dust. they're like miles behind them they are I would love to see that like just have normal people in every event and then you can prove it can prove like how well these Olympic athletes really are like we sit back and like oh yeah I could totally do that but then when you have someone try and they're like so far and last no 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 I think especially with swimming and running and those type of things because it's so hard to you know, judge how fast they're going or whatever. I mean, you see, oh, they ran that in 26 minutes and you're like, well, I could do a 10, 10,000 meter in 26 minutes. No, you couldn't. No, you couldn't. Not close. Actually, you probably could. I don't know if that's fast or not. I have no idea. But Oh, no, I couldn't. Okay, so the world record for the 10,000 meter run is held by a man from Uganda and his time was actually 26 minutes and 11 seconds. So there is no way that an average person could run a... 10,000 meter race in 26 minutes. There's no, no way. And actually in the games in Rio that took place at the last Olympics, the gold medalist from Ethiopia had a 29 minute, 17 second race. So again, there's no way that you could run a 26 minute, 10,000 meter dash. There's no way. There's no way. I get I mean, winded Yeah, I have like a 12-minute mile, which I'm pretty sure most people can walk a 12-minute mile. <laughs> hey, you you do it though, you know? You complete the mile. That's really all that matters. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think with some other things like gymnastics, I I feel like people watch that and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, no way. No way could I do that." <laughs> Oh, no, I would break my neck. I, first of all, I'm way too tall to do that. Second of all, like, I'm, like, the clumsiest person. I don't think I could walk across the balance beam without falling off. Just, like, slowly walk. Yeah, would, it's amazing. It's amazing like, what they do. When they flip. And also the uniforms, I, like, don't like super, super tight clothes. So, like, having to be, like, sucked into these tight, tight, sparkly uniforms would, like, I, I couldn't do it. I think of that too. I'm like, I would not look good in that at all. And I mean, I guess people who, who look like me are not a gymnast no. because, because I mean, you're a gymnast, so they're in trade. You don't look like me, but I mean, you're very muscular. You're, you're probably most likely pretty thin because you're working out and doing crunches. You probably have abs. I don't have oh, abs. Yeah. They look ripped. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, like the biceps. I'm like, man, that's talent. Like, 
I want to know what their training regimen is. Like how many hours a day do they work out? What do they do? And what are they like required to eat? Cause I'm sure it's all very restrictive. I'm sure it very much is, but they probably won't talk about that. Oh, exactly. Keep it. And I know Simone Biles certainly made the news in the first yes. couple of days of the gymnastics competition, mm-hmm. uh, pulling out due to what she said was mental health issues. Um, she said that her physical health was fine at the moment, yeah. but you know, she wasn't feeling like she could perform at her best. And I, I think that the news and the media really took this and ran. And I think that was super annoying because they really made it seem like she was the only reason that America could do well in gymnastics for the women's division. And then we go out there and we have, you know, Suni Lee coming out with a gold, a silver and a bronze. Exactly. So I think she really proved that we, they can do this without Simone. And I mean, that's, I don't want to say they can do it without her because they definitely, she's a critical part of that team, but her pulling out, I don't think really did a whole lot for, I don't think it impacted the team as much as people were saying it did. I'm sure it did, but yeah. at the same time, she's pulling out, you know, of her personal stuff as well. So I think that changes things and it kind of paved the way for some of these younger people to like be able some of the sideline alternates to be able to perform, which was kind of good. But I just think that the news and media ran with this so much and they were just like, Oh, well, you know, it's this and this and this, and she's doing this for her mental health and blah, blah, blah. And then we have the other side, all the critics who, you know, are saying, well, blah, 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 blah. We have these old white men talking about the two things that they know most about in the world, mental health and gymnastics. Like really? Like if they would even try to do like put one of them on the gymnastics team, put one of them on gymnastics team and see what happens yeah I mean the thing that I think of the most is remember in March when we went to that comedian yes oh my gosh yes and the opener um was it Dustin Dustin Nickerson is that who it was yeah he had said actually this might have been one of Taylor's jokes but she had said that you know when she was feeling like mental health her her dad would just be like go grab a scoop of peanut butter you just need some (laughs) protein or whatever and you know and she said there's a lot of like peanut butter dads out there white knuckling it through life and I I don't think I mean that's so true there's a lot of like middle-aged people out there that are definitely white knuckling it through life and so you know when they see something like Simone Biles publicly talking about her mental health they're like why can't she just shut up about it why does she have to tell everybody but I think it's important to tell people about it she should be able to do that and to be able to do that without people like ragging on her in front of the entire world, which I'm sure she expected that, but still like expecting that and hearing it are two different things. And I don't think that helped at all for her and for anybody else who's going something similar that they want to share. Yeah. I mean, this is proof that mental health is like a real issue in our society. And it's like almost covered up by this like shame, mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, like most things in society, oh, you know, yeah. there are so many things in society that, you know, are, are shamed upon, especially with women in society. I feel like a lot of the things that we do, you know, have a, have an aura of shame around it and mental health specifically. But I mean, I can just think of a few things. I mean, I feel like food is definitely one of them. I think a lot of people, especially women have a very unhealthy relationship with food. Oh, Definitely. Yeah, I would agree. I think there's so many diets out there too. And Mm -hmm. recently I was looking at a couple of different ones and I don't want to, I don't want to say anything bad about these companies at all because I don't know really enough about them. I've never tried them. So, I mean, if you're interested in trying these go for it, I mean, I have no idea anything about them, but 
I know that, um, you know, things like Weight Watchers and I know there's one going around called Noom and they ask you to like track your food and to like put in your calories and do a lot of calorie counting. And that to me just makes it seem like you would have, you would develop an unhealthy relationship with food with that. Like that, in my opinion, just because I don't, I mean, they, they're like, oh, you can eat whatever you want. You just have to track your calories and like track your food. Well, then when you have, you know, something you see this as, okay, well, this is X amount of calories. That's why I can have it. Like, you're not really enjoying it. Yeah. You're just doing it to like, be like, oh, I have to eat. So I have to do this. And I don't know. I'm a foodie. I mean, most people could tell because I feel like I'm always eating and always going out to eat and I'm not a skinny person by any means. So I feel like you know, I, I watch my weight. I watch what I eat. I eat fairly healthy, but at the same time, if I want a brownie, I'm going to eat a damn brownie. I'm not going to count it in my phone and be like, oh. yeah, I think Weight Watchers and stuff may be good for some people. I've never done anything like that, but I think it makes you think more about the food. Like it really makes you think and worry. Whereas if you were to just eat what you want, you wouldn't be as worried. And I feel like your headspace would be more clear to actually think about it in a bigger picture versus like, okay, today I need to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I think that's just going along with our society and being, you know, having the shame. And I think that's really what kind of develops these mental health issues, because if, you know, if you have a lot of shame revolving around your food, right, you develop an eating disorder potentially. And a lot of times that can lead to mental health issues as well. And I also think that there's a large portion of things surrounding just, you know, women's health as well especially like sex, like there's a lot of shame around sex. And I remember that when I was like in fifth grade or whatever, when you start to go through puberty and like, I don't know if your mom did this or not, but my mom wrapped a like a bunch of maxi pads in a brown paper lunch bag and taped it shut and hid it in a compartment in my backpack and was like, okay, if you start your, your, your period, like it was always, <laughs> it was always it. like whisper, even in your own home, yeah. like you have to whisper it because, oh my gosh, what if someone hears you say the word period? Like, oh my God. Like um, the world's going to end Elizabeth. Oh obviously. So I remember she shoved it in my bag and she said, well, if this drops out of your bag, like nobody will know who it's yours. Nobody mm-hmm. will, you know, do anything. And I think in high school, I kind of carried that mentality. And then I got to college and I realized that, you know, like what? this is so weird. You know, you're still kind of hushed about it. And I moved in with my roommates that I had my junior year and they're like talking about their periods and talking about, you know, tampons and all this stuff. And I'm like, we can talk about this. Like we can talk about this. And then now I remember, you know, the last time that I like spending over two and a half years with them and moving out. One of the last conversations that I had with my roommate who I'm still in contact with was about putting a tampon in like the scripting right so I was like this is so weird that you carry this mentality and I feel like as you get older you're just like yeah this is my tampon I'm just going to carry it to the bathroom like this instead of like hiding it in your shoe and like yeah Yeah, it's so weird and I I mean I don't know what I'll tell my kids if I have kids you know what to do but I'm sure that I'm just going to be like that's part of your your body it's part of your life like who cares what somebody thinks about? Yeah. You're bleeding from your vagina. Go you, you can create a human being now. Don't please don't, but like, no, no, not this. no, 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 not right now. <laughs> don't, but like in the future you can, you know yes. what I mean? Like it's kind of an awesome thing. It's kind of being like, you want this because if you don't have this, you have problems. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I just, I mean, there's so much shame in our society and I'm probably going to get like canceled for even talking about societal shame on my podcast, but Hey, you have a right to talk about it. You can't be shamed into not talking about it, which is exactly what you're proving. That's true. That's true. I mean, I don't know. It just seems funny that the media is like, oh, let's talk about all this stuff and bring it to light. And then we have people that are like, well, Simone Biles needs to not talk about her mental health. No, she needs to talk about it. She needs to bring it to light because people need to hear what she's struggling with. And people need to hear about all of this stuff because it's important. And I think it's when a famous person steps forward, it's easier for other famous people and people who are not famous to do so. And I think it takes one person and she's a very large, you know, figure. And so it takes one person to kind of like get the movement going. So I I think props to her for doing that, for having the guts to do that. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Um, Yeah. So I guess, you know, the Olympics were great. And I mean, we kind of got off topic there for a minute, but I don't really know. I mean, I think just in general, like, don't be, don't be afraid of being you and don't be afraid of taking care of yourself and doing what you need to do. If you're Simone, you know, if you're like Simone Biles and you have to do something for your mental health, do it no matter what anyone else says, because you're important. Exactly. And she knows what's best for her. Nobody else can tell her what they think is best for her because they're not her. Yeah, for sure. And speaking about your important, we have the most dreaded topic to talk about today, but I feel like it was very important to mention this just because it's really going on in our world. And I know that everybody is so sick about hearing it, but COVID-19 is in the news once again, and I'm going to tell you my opinions on it. And I guess not really my opinions, but just bring up some points and try to, you know, talk about it a little bit. But the Delta variant is really, really really intense right now. And it seems like even if you are vaccinated, you still have a potential to possibly get it, which is kind yeah. of scary. I know two people who were vaccinated and who got it. They're obviously like their symptoms weren't terrible and they are obviously fine now, but they said it was like a little cold and they had like the no taste, no smell. Yeah. That has to be terrible though. My mom had COVID and she didn't have her taste or her smell. And she told me that drinking water tasted like what bleach smells like. I was like, um, what? <laughs> I was like, and she's like, yeah, drinking water. You know how the like bleach smells? It smells like bleach. Yeah. Like, yeah. She's like, well, water tastes like that. And I was like, you're drinking water, right? Yeah. You know, just like pouring it out of the Clorox bleach. jug. Like, exactly. But yeah, and she's like, I drink, she had like a shot of whiskey, nothing. I, I saw videos of people doing that to their friends who had it, like making them drink a whole bottle of vodka instead of water. I'm like, why would you do that? Like they literally can't taste. Like Also, why are you hanging out with your friends that have COVID? That's a very good point. Very good point. Like let them be in quarantine <laughs> by themselves. Yeah. So you don't I'm, get it and spread it. I mean, like unless, I mean, sometimes those effects can linger like for a while. Yeah. Like my mom didn't get her sense of smell and taste back for like two months, but I mean, still, like, don't be hanging out with people that have COVID. Yeah. You know, whatever. I also think that, you know, there's a lot of backlash right now with the vaccine. And, you know, they're starting to mandate the vaccine in healthcare um, places and, you know, trying to get people to take it. And they're being like, oh, we'll give you 10000 or or $100 if you take the vaccine. But my thought is, why do we have to incentivize people to do the right thing? 
Exactly. Isn't your health and the health of literally everyone around you enough? Yeah. And people are very, very worried about this vaccination. And I, I was talking to somebody yesterday and she goes, well, if the FDA approves it, I'll take it. But I guess I'm not a medical health professional. Yeah. So I have no idea, nor am I the FDA. I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> just fast forward this part. I don't know. But <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking that if the FDA approves it, then it means it was safe all along. So like, what's the harm in just getting it now? Exactly. If the FDA doesn't approve it, then you're just going to die a little bit faster. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're either going to get COVID or you're going to get a vaccine that potentially like turns you into a zombie. I don't know. (laughs) Your options are both, if you're sticking with that mentality, you know, your options are both not the greatest, but it's better to take a chance and hope that you could get better than not take it and get worse. Yeah. I also heard this thing the other day, this guy was like, well, I don't, you know, COVID's not our biggest problem. It's the people who don't believe in Jesus. What? Yeah, yeah. And my friend who works at a restaurant said that they left this pamphlet that said that on it. And he asked him about it and was like, what is this? What is this? And he goes, well, you know, God is going to come here and he's going to, he's going to be helping us with this issue. And it reminds me of this story. So I'm going to tell you a story. Oh, yeah. There's a man Mm -hmm. and the river floods in his town and the river's like up to his knees and the boat drives by and goes, hi, sir, we're here to rescue you, get in the boat. And he goes, no, 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 no. God will save you. God will save me. So they go on pretty soon. It's up to his waist and the boat, another boat comes by. Hi, sir, we're here to save you, get in the boat. He goes, no, 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 no. God will save me. Pretty soon it's up to his neck. And another boat comes by. He goes, hi, sir. Really get in the boat. Like, we're here to save you. We're here to rescue you. He goes, no, 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 no. God is going to save me. So the water keeps raising, goes over his head, kills him. He gets to heaven and he goes, God, why didn't you save me? And God goes, I did. I sent you three boats. (laughs) And no matter what religion you are, or if you're religious or not, Whatever higher power you think is going to save you from COVID, they are sending three boats. We have three boats. Pfizer, mm-hmm. Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson. Exactly. Get in a damn boat. <laughs> pick pick one of your three boats, whatever one's your favorite. Hop aboard, people. And, you know, I understand the medical, you know, waivers and the, you know, a lot of the hesitancy out there. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Go research it. Get multiple forms of information. Don't just look at one source. Exactly. Do your research about the vaccination. And then if you still don't want it, fine. Wait. Don't get it. But the people that are just saying, well, I'm not getting it because I heard on the news that one person in Oregon got it and now can't have a kid. Well, you don't know that that's – you don't know what the situation is with that. I mean, do your research. I don't think our men like our I don't think that our healthcare can take much more. I really don't. Yeah. They're doing everything they can. And I think like also that's gotta take a toll on them thinking like, oh, I can't like what else can I do? I'm not doing enough, but they're doing yeah. everything they can. So it's part of it is up to us to respond to what they're doing and what they're recommending and do it. Yeah. I mean it's 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 so sad 
because, you know, they're working so hard to save these people. And there has been a giant turnover rate in the like healthcare, you know, world. People are quitting their jobs. People are trying to change their careers because they don't want to be a part of this. If, if the average person knew how much death that these people have seen in the last year, they would have nightmares forever. I don't know how they do it. I don't either. I think personally that the COVID-19 pandemic is going to have more people come out of it with PTSD since World War II. I I personally think so. I could see how that could definitely be the case. Like there are nurses and doctors all over the world seeing lots of things that they didn't even know were possible until a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And I, I heard somewhere else too, people were like, oh, well, people aren't afraid of this pandemic which I can kind of understand because, I mean, if you think back to past pandemics, like the bubonic plague, you know, your fingers yeah. turn black when you wake yeah. up and then you're like, oh, damn, oh, no. I, <laughs> I might die, you know, and, and like Ebola, right? You're, you're coughing up blood. You're bleeding from yeah. pretty much every orifice of your body. I mean, there are visible signs, whereas COVID is just very respiratory and very much, um, you know, the invisible killer almost yeah. it you can't see it it's not you can see the symptoms in a way but at the same time you're not it's not smallpox you're not walking down the street going they have covid you know yeah. and to me i think if that was the case people would be a little more serious about what they were doing for sure and i think that kind of relates back to the mental health thing it's like for covid and mental health it's something that you can't see so people are like oh i don't need to worry about this isn't a big deal but just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there and having terrible lifelong effects and killing millions. So yeah. And again, neither Abby or I are, oh, yeah. are healthcare professionals in any way, shape or form. No, no, and no. so, I mean, this is not medical advice at all. This is just simply our opinions that we're talking about. And at this point with like all of the facts coming in and if that doesn't change somebody's mind, then I don't think anything will. Yeah. And I think another thing is that this, this pandemic is so political. Like, oh, yeah. why, why is COVID-19 a partisan issue? I, I don't, I get, don't it. get it. it. It doesn't make, I'm also like, I'm, I'm not very well informed in regards to politics. I don't know. I obviously need to do more research, but like, I don't understand why it needs to be or yeah. why it is. I mean, I, I think we're both simply asking, we're posing this question. Why? If you know why this is a partisan <laughs> issue, please let us know. Please, exactly. we would love to hear from you. I would gen I would genuinely like to hear what people have to say and why they think it is because I yeah. have zero clue. And uh, you know, somebody was like, "Well, we just don't want to wear masks because they're regulating what we can wear, what we can do, and how we can what we can do with our bodies." And I'm like, "Oh, does the idea of the government regulating your body make you uncomfortable?" <laughs> if so, take weird. Yeah. Take a look at some other things that. <laughs> but I mean, in in regards to that, I think that you know. For the last 18, 19 months, everything that you've done is a political statement. Whether you choose to wear a mask, whether you don't, whether you promote the vaccine, whether you get it, whether you don't, you yeah. know, everything. Whether you're somebody that's out there rioting for mask, anti-maskers and stuff, or you're sitting at home shaking your head going, why are they doing that? It's all a political statement. And it's it's so weird because, you know, we've eradicated almost eradicated polio entirely. Mm -hmm. And if you think back to the fifties, 
this is the type of thing that was happening then too. I mean, they had a vaccine that come that had come out and people were getting it and people were scared to get it and people got it. But look at this. However many decades later, polio is nearly gone and we're still around. Exactly. I don't There's know. Something that I saw and I was curious, well, not curious because I know what your stance will be on obviously, but um, on social media too, talking about how people are like posting things about, COVID and all the stuff and there's been something going around about like the vaccinations how you literally need a list of vaccinations to go to high school to go to elementary school to go to college and yet what's different what's different with this vaccine than the rest like I don't I am confused as to why people are having such an issue with getting this one when we need a ton of other ones to be allowed to go into school yeah I think I mean it's mandated that you wear a seatbelt in the car mm-hmm and people don't riot in the streets for that. Exactly. People don't still wear their seatbelts. Yeah. And they get killed exactly. if they get in a car accident. There's a higher chance of them getting killed in a car accident. So it's very similar to this. If we mandate vaccinations, there's still going to be that group of people that don't want to get it. And that's mm-hmm. fine as long as they know that there's a higher chance of them not making it if they get COVID. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, the only like maybe slight difference between those two is like for COVID, it also affects other people. Like if you, you personally don't want it, like I understand, but also you have to realize that it could affect the people around you, random peoples and are not peoples. Oh my God, I'm an English major. Like peoples, you don't know how you not getting it is going to affect other people, mm-hmm. which I think is a scary thing. Like you, you don't know your choice could harm a ton of people that you don't even know. It could. And that's scary. I don't know. Get on a boat. Get on a boat. Take a boat, please. They are here to save you and get on a boat. You don't want to be left like Jack in the Titanic. I've never seen that movie. What? I mean, like, I've, I obviously like know the plot point because like literally everyone (laughs) talks about it, but I've never seen that movie. I feel like, okay, here's the other thing. I feel like a lot of women that I know are like, oh my God, that movie is so romantic. <laughs> it's about a literally a ship crash. I was going to say, and then, like, I thought everyone dies except for her. Yeah. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio is gone. Yeah. RIP him. I don't know. I, I also am just like, it's a very weird scenario. And somebody else told me they're like, well, we wouldn't want to be Rose on the Titanic. Why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't you want to be Rose? You're like the richest person ever. You survive. Exactly. You get to like meet Leonardo DiCaprio or a man yes. that looks like him. Yes. And then you get this diamond and you just live out the rest of your days and you're fine. I mean, you probably have some serious post-traumatic stress, but that's true. Don't like, we all? No, exactly. Everybody. I, <laughs> this is completely like off topic, but I haven't seen um, the notebook either. But last night I watched the last song only because Miley Cyrus is in it. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to be like so overrated. Like this is I love that movie. Terrible. It was so good and so sad. And there were baby sea turtles in it. And my mind was blown at that part. Like I thought they were going to be like little robots, but they were real. Yeah. I read the book and I was like, this is a great book. And then I watched the movie. I have the book. You can borrow it. I was like amazed at how much I enjoyed it. I thought it was going to be like kind of like cringeworthy, but then I was like, oh my God. And then like when sad things happen, I was like, oh my God, no. Yeah. I liked it because she was a piano player and I was like, mm, I relate. And now I'm just like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's the same boat, Miley. We are, we're the same person. Same person. I actually played the song she sings in that movie for like a concert. Aww. And I was like, I'm going to sing it too. 
Yeah, did you really? I didn't at the concert, but I did like when I was home alone. And you can sing it mm, for me now. Just I don't. I don't need to sing ever again. I think that that's a bad choice. I think um, one day when your podcast gets super big, because I know it will, I think you and Miley Cyrus need to do collab where you can both play that song and sing together. And I think the duet would be amazing. And I'm very much looking forward to when that happens. Oh my goodness. Well, hopefully soon. Oh well. well, I guess while we're on the topic of movies, we can kind of move on from COVID because I think everybody's done hearing about it. Just yes. please know that, you know, do your research, get vaccinated and know that these are our opinions and we're not, I guess, telling you to do anything. We're just advising that you get on a boat. That's all. Yes. Um, I guess we can move on to some other topics and I know that you'd mentioned that you had not seen this but American Horror Story has come out with another anthology called American Horror Stories which is very much like uh, The Twilight Zone or Black Mirror um, as every episode is a different like storyline. Previously Previously, American Horror Story has done every season being a different storyline, so different characters and different plots and different times, Um, but they do kind of all connect and intertwine together in some kind of universe. Um, So now this other one, you know, making a splash in the universe, uh, every episode is now different, but we see from the very first episode called The Rubber Woman that it is just a another family moving into the house that is in season one of American Horror Story. So we already see that it's connected and a little bit combined together. Um, there's another one called uh, Ball, and it's like about this weird like fertility god that is like also a demon and like gives this lady some kid and then like wants it back. And it's also about gaslighting, which is like. Not good. Please don't gaslight people. That's no, that's very bad. I was gonna say, um, that kind of relates to uh, the Bachelorette. I don't know if you watched that, but that was like a huge thing on the finale about how Katie was convinced that Greg gaslighted her. And obviously, there are two sides to every story. And I think, especially on a reality TV show, the production can kind of manipulate the footage or choose what to use to make one person look better than the other and I was not there obviously because you know I'm not a contestant on the bachelorette um or the bachelor not but yet I thought, not yet no exactly um I you know if anybody wants to nominate me as a bachelorette just kidding my parents would kill me if I did that they'd be like why <laughs> why are you doing that also I look 12 so I'd probably look wrong um, <laughs> <laughs> we they're like they need to specify be like men who are above six foot and look at least 12 years old only <laughs> no other specifications Although, or like timothy chalamet. chalamet i was gonna say if timothy chalamet is on my season i'm sending everyone else home the first night he's the winner like it's the winner. not a competition so timothy you're chalamet, gonna do it like what that one girl did a couple seasons ago what was her name she was the one that was bachelorette like four times there have been like I feel like so many that have just like popped. And up then she got time. replaced halfway through oh, her season. Claire, Claire. Yes, yes. No, like also like I couldn't fake it. Like I would know night one, I, based off like which is terrible physical appearance and personality. I would know like my top three. I oh same because I'm shallow. <laughs> In the shit, I'm not gonna sing that song. If Bradley Cooper was on my season too. I know he's a lot older, but if he was younger. He would also. Yeah. Really I'll tell you, Theo James, you can be on my season. <laughs> Colin O'Donohue. 
Oh, he's the winner, Elizabeth. The winner. We can sing that song together. Oh my God, yes. You have so many duets lined up. This is exciting. So many duets. <laughs> but um going back to my gas the gaslighting thing um as we took a you know dive into the bachelor bachelor history always fun time um I was my mom and I were watching it and like my mom was on Greg's side and I saw a post yesterday about one of the guys he roomed with in the house and the, the guy was basically like you can't believe everything you see on tv I knew this guy really well we you know we shared a bunk like and he's basically saying like I don't think he could have done this and I don't I don't know who to believe but I don't know she just seemed like really really angry which she has every right to be for sure yeah but I don't some of it's hard to tell like whether they're acting or not you know I think a lot of it is acting but that's just my opinion I have no idea or not oh my god I'm looking at our security cameras and my cat is just sitting in the porch and I can see him he's so cute okay anyways very off topic but yeah I think the gaslighting in the American Horror Story episode ball is like high key more terrifying than the actual fertility demon that is in this episode but mm-hmm. also you know i think that's probably like high key the point so who knows <laughs> who knows hey, you understood it yeah point for you there is also an episode called the drive-in i want to say it's the second no third episode um and it's about a drive-in movie that makes people go insane and basically kill each other and where the horror in the horror movie instead of being on the screen is in the audience (gasps) which is kind of weird but I guess I kind of want to talk about horror movies a little bit because there's been so many of them that have been coming out recently and some of them are just pure ass wipe but some (laughs) of them are actually pretty good and (laughs) you know I, I I think I don't know. Horror movies are very strange to me because I love them. I'm somebody that, you know, watches those old horror movies, even the old cheesy ones from like, like the really classic ones like Dracula and Frankenstein, yeah. like Light of Night of the Living Dead, like they're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> like, oh, I love them. I love them so much. But I don't know, like, why do we like, why? Why do we like horror movies? I have no idea. I'm going to like bring the other I'm like not a huge horror movie fan but the only reason is because I love mysteries like um you know true crime all that stuff for me the only thing about horror is a they're scary like 100% so that's what they're trying to do like props to them they've done it like I get scared but also I have a hard time not having like a logical explanation for a mystery like I recently watched the um, haunting of hill house because um love from you was in it and it's a I, weird movie or a weird show yeah and I talked to someone and they're like oh yeah there's like a logical explanation for it and I was like okay perfect because I didn't want to watch it if there wasn't and then I was watching it and I was like there's no way there's a logical ex- like no way and so it was freaky but like when it ended I was like okay I have so many questions and there's no one to answer them yeah well don't watch the haunting of Bly Manor because it has like the same yeah. characters in it or not characters, but, like, actors and stuff, and it's, like, the same sort of plot line, it's, like, even more confusing. Oh, God. But there is actually more of a logical explanation to that one, and it's kind of cool how it, like, goes in a circle, and at the end, you're like, oh, my God, wait. Yeah. I get it now. There was one really cool – first of all, I was convinced – this might be – I don't want to spoil anything, but this could – I've seen it. Just spoil it. Who cares? Um, I was convinced – We're going to spoil this if you haven't watched it. We're spoiling. Spoil, S-P-O-I-L. I got my degree. Okay. Um, but it wasn't in spelling, so that makes no sense at all. 
Um, I was convinced that it was a black mold that was making them all insane because they kept talking about how the black mold kept appearing and the dad and son were down there. So A, I was convinced that was it. But the really cool like aha moment was the girl Abigail, how she was actually the daughter of um, the man and the woman who worked in the house and she wasn't fake. Like I loved that because it was a logical explanation for his imaginary friend. Yeah. I love that part, but yeah. I mean, I, I can understand like the idea of having horror movies being too illogical because I think a lot of them have like very supernatural explanations for things yeah. and people who have like no belief in the supernatural really, you know, kind of take that and be like, well, I don't get it. Well, whereas I, you know, I'm very much like, okay, you know what? It depends on what it is. If it's like some really okay. stupid movie, like, I don't know, um, the, the new, what is that? There's like a, I don't want to actually say the word because I'm like terrified that it actually might come true and I'm home alone, uh-huh. so I don't want to like die. But like, I don't die either. okay, like the movies like Lights Out and stuff where there's that like demon thing that's like running around mm-hmm. like killing people. I mean, yeah. for those, I'm like, I have a hard time being like scared of those because I'm like, yeah, why, why? But like the ones <laughs> like, like Devil, where yeah. they're all just in this elevator and one of them is actually the devil. Like to me, that is terrifying that's because, yeah, because I believe in. You know, yeah. I'm religious, so I have that belief in, you know, demons to me are something that actually could potentially have mm-hmm. something on this exactly. earth, you, you know. You could be trapped in an elevator with one. Oh, yeah. But I think also the ones that scare me a little bit are the ones that are, like, very realistic. Like, like yeah. have you seen the movie Hush? Oh, my gosh, on Netflix? Yeah. Yes, yes, With the, yes. With the, is she deaf? Yes. She's yeah. also in The Hunting of Hill House. She's um, uh, one of the daughters. I can't remember her yep. name, but. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so if you haven't seen the movie Hush, it's really great. It's on Netflix. I've watched it a couple times. But it's about a deaf writer who kind of goes in what moves in the woods to finish her Uh novel. And she has a house there and she lived there for a couple years. And some guy is like breaking in and killing people just for fun, I guess. Mm -hmm. And he kind of is like stalking her for a while and like trying to kill her. And she's weird mask. He does. And then he. Yeah, yeah. The scary That's- part is, this is kind of a spoiler, but when he takes the mask off, I'm like, you're dead. You're dead now because you've seen him. Like, <laughs> exactly. You're- There's no going back. Like, you you could identify. Yeah. I think the mask, too, is creepy because you don't know who it is. Like, you don't know if it's somebody you know, a random – like, you don't know. And that's – you're yeah. – like, that is probably one of the most terrifying movies I've ever seen, so. For me, it's like there's that anticipation of the horror sometimes is, like, way scarier than – anything you will actually be afraid of <laughs> exactly like the build up it is the build up and i read this expose by stephen king that was talking about like horror and stuff because he did like yeah. a forward for one of edgar Allan poe's short stories and he was saying that you know we talk about a closet and we make all of the things about this closet just horrifying so we say that something is in this closet and that something is really terrifying and that if you open it, there's a potential that you can die, that, you know, all of this really scary stuff surrounding this closet, that somebody put it in there, you tell this really big story. And then when you open the closet, if people have like a really active subconscious and like a really, you know, um, high imagination, that sometimes the whatever is in the closet is not scary at all, which is why people who have active imaginations and more creative people and people who watch a lot of horror movies don't find the endings of horror movies to be that scary Mm -hmm. because whatever they're cooking up in their imagination, Mm -hmm. 
is way scarier than anything that could have been behind that closet. Whereas if you never open the door, it's going to be way more terrifying for those people because they have no idea what's in there. Exactly. It's the not the unknown. Yeah. That's terrifying versus you're making, trying to figure out what is known. Yeah. And I think that's, this is a little bit off topic, but I think that's the same for books. Like whenever I finish a mystery book, which I did yesterday, I can never sleep because my mind hears things and then makes up scenarios like, like my cabinet. I was convinced there was somebody in my cabinet last night. Literally, you'd have to be like four inches tall to fit into this cabinet. But there was noises coming from it. And I was convinced there was someone trying to kill me. And like, there's like, um, in my room, there's access to the attic. And I literally shoved so many boxes so that if someone were up there and tried to like open it, they couldn't. But like, that terrifies me. I have to lock my closet. I check under my bed every night. Because when I was little, I watched an episode of Castle where um, a, like a murderer laid under their bed and just like stabbed them with a knife. So literally every night before I go to bed, I check under my like... My brain just makes me more nervous than there's literally no one in my cabinet, no one in the attic, no one under my bed, but I can understand that though. I I mean, my parents have been gone a lot because it's the summertime. So they go camping. So I've been like left here alone. And let me tell you, I mean, I live out in the middle of nowhere. And so a lot of these like (laughs) creaks and noises, I'm like, what in the hell is that? Well, last weekend when I was here, I heard like something that sounded like a car door shutting. and it was like i don't know dusk so it's still kind of light out and i went out there and nobody's out there and i was like what the heck so then i'm thinking something's like broken in the house i'm like yeah okay what is that well then my friend comes over that night and she stays until probably 11 30 and she leaves and i heard it again and i was like okay somebody's in my house that's where my head went it wasn't like the air conditioners could be making this this blah 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 it was somebody's straight up in my house and they're gonna come murder me in my sleep yeah. So my course. parents are like, we'll turn the alarm on so that if somebody moves, if like the door is open, it goes off and, you know, yes. do this and do that and blah, blah, blah. So that, you know, you can hear them and you can know. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I think if that door opened, I would just have a heart attack right then and there and be done. Yeah. So I you- think I want to have a fighting chance and would rather be hearing noises and like see them. Mm-hmm. And then be like, oh, shit, somebody's here. Oh. And then oh. run away. Exactly. Like, I think I have a better That's chance fine. if I don't know they're here. And then I find them before they find mm-hmm. me. Oh, I don't yeah. know. You're don't kind know. of not like in charge, but you can kind of take the situation and try to get out on top. <laughs> try really hard. Try really, really hard. <laughs> the keyword. But that would be so sc- like, oh, I, mm, I just, I could never... If something ever were like to happen, I don't think I could ever live by myself. Like if something ever again. No, I don't think so. It would be. I also think that I watch horror movies because they're kind of like my, my plan. Like like, you want, well, no, no, but like, okay. I watch them to be like, okay, if this scenario happened. Oh, yes. Escape route. I'm going to be – yeah, it's my escape route. Like some of them I'm just like, okay, if this would happen, I'm definitely not doing that because I will die. But, you know, sometimes I'm just like, oh, wow. Like if a zombie apocalypse happened, like I think I've watched enough Walking Dead where I would be pretty prepared, you know. And if, you know, if something – if there was a demon in my house, like, yeah, I'd be calling the nearest priest. I'd be calling up the Pope and being like, yo, can you come to my house and do an exorcism? In fact, I'd probably just get my Bible down and just start doing it myself. Exactly. While the Pope's on his way on his private jet, come yeah. all the way from Italy. 
Now, if I get possessed, probably game over. I'd probably be like, that's up to you, mom. And she'd be like, you're crazy. I don't know. Oh, speaking of, I just heard a noise. So I'm probably like freaking myself out. Picture that. Your mom's saying that. Hey, no, that's smart. And you learn what not to do because in most horror movies, they don't make it out a lot. That's true. Now I'm like hearing things in my house. And oh. I'm like, hmm. It's freaky. Hmm. It like is. Your brain makes it much scarier than it needs to be. And I envy the people who don't have brains that do that. I do love horror movies, though. I think I'm definitely one of those people that whose imagination runs faster than the actual, you know, the, like the anticipation scares me a little bit more because there are some horror movies that I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? And then they open that closet door and then you're just like, really? Like that's right. <laughs> like what? <laughs> like do better next time. Yeah. Or like there is that logical explanation and you're just like, well, I really wish that it was like a weird thing, you know, something crazy and not just like, Believe oh, blah 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 like the yeah. the episode of of um i don't want to spoil any of these for people in case they want to watch it but i mean basically the episode of the ball the ball episode of american horror story with the fertility god and everything that ending to me it seemed i think that's why they're predictable too because mm-hmm. i'm like predicting what they're you know i'm thinking okay yeah i'm thinking all right the ending is going to end with, you know, everybody dying or whatever. Yeah. And then I'm going to be like, oh, wait, that's how I would end it. So it's going to be a happily ever after type of deal. And then it usually <laughs> is that because I think my yeah. imagination is like, okay, what are the possible routes, possible ways that this could end? And then what do you think they're going to do? Because I think that horror movies are very much like. Equations. It's like math equations. Remember in high school where you'd have like, it could be like this or this, like there was a thing in algebra where it could have been like multiple, like four different answers. I'm like, how is this possible? So yeah. it's kind of like there are four different solutions for your thing. They pick the one that they like us. Okay. What is the best horror movie you've ever seen and the worst? Um, I think Hush would be the best because it was logical. Like I could see that actually happening and the fact that she didn't know who it was and she couldn't hear and the tension that they built in that movie throughout the entire thing, I was, like, tense the whole time. And I get scared very easily, like, jump scares. And so, like, that was me the whole movie, like, closing my eyes, like, grabbing onto something. Um, the worst? Okay. I don't know if this is – would you consider it a horror movie? Is it yes. that what it's labeled? Okay. I, in terms of being a horror movie, I think it's an atrocious horror movie. In terms of an actual movie, I loved the plot. Like, I loved the characters, but it wasn't scary. Like, I wasn't scared, but I liked the individuality of the characters. I liked their bond together. I liked the movie. I just don't think it should be labeled a horror movie, in my opinion. I can understand that. Yeah. Okay, it was a good so. Movie, but not yeah. a good horror movie. I would have to agree with you on that. I think that was a pretty bad one that I've seen. I also, again, I, I've seen so many terrible horror movies that it's hard for me to like pick a good one um i do think that the the conjuring universe with all of their Uh like conjuring one and two and the nun i think that those are very 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 well done um i'm gonna i think that in terms of like the conjuring universe so all of their movies that they have done i think that they do horror very very well i know there's a couple of new ones coming out too but i love how they tie it all together i think that their actual videography of everything is really well done and i also think the plot is really good too because it is based on the the lives of real people Mm -hmm. and so i think that makes it a little scarier too in terms of really terrible horror movies i know this is a bit dated and i know that i'm probably going to get 
ridiculed for saying this because it is such a it's like such a movie that people go to to be like women empowerment because ah. but I absolutely hate the movie Teeth. I don't even know what that movie is. It's that movie where that girl finds out she has teeth in her vagina and every time oh. somebody like tries to sexually assault her she like it like bites their That's a real movie? Yeah. I thought it was like a Oh, okay. I did not know that. No, and it's like very poorly done and it's also dated a lot, but I think it's like an indie film. Mm-hmm. And also just in general, it's just like I don't I don't love it because she's kind of obnoxious with it. Like she's super religious and she's like having sex will like kill you and like if you have sex then you're going to hell type of deal which okay if you believe that great Mm -hmm. but for me then she gets sexually assaulted it's not her fault and then her church is like you're dirty now and to me i was like what the heck and i feel like maybe that's the point of the movie to be like this is how we treat women in our society but at the same time i'm like okay well now she has like these teeth in her vagina and that's like in her mind like very traumatic and also like is this is this you know punishment for what happened to me i don't know cannot control whatsoever yeah it just was like a very weird movie to me it was also very graphic and i don't love graphic horror movies like i don't want to see your dick bitten (laughs) off like i don't i don't want to i also just i don't really care you know like the movies like saw I don't want to watch those. Those just make me like cringe. I'm just like, ew, <laughs> disgusting. No, thank you. <laughs> but I think in terms of like good movies, The Conjuring Universe definitely does it very, very well. Mm-hmm. And I think that some of the older movies too, I mean, people make fun of, you know, Dracula and Frankenstein and people make fun of those movies because, you know, they're very old. They're very dated. Some of them are black and white and they're not scary. Well, they were very scary at their time. I think we've evolved oh, yeah. with our horror movie because of what's that too, because of yeah. what's happening in our world today is far more, more terrifying than anything we're going to see on the TV. Exactly. Real life. Scary. It is. And I mean, if you think back to the twenties, what the scariest things were happening, you know, they weren't as bad as they are today. I think mm-hmm. today we have far more violence. People are angry. People are so angry. And there, that's scarier than anything, I think. Exactly, the unknown, like we talked about before, you never know what's gonna happen when you leave your house. You don't, and you don't know what's happening. I mean, people have so bad, like people have such bad road rage nowadays. Uh-huh. I mean, ooh, flights. They said there have been so many, um, like fights breaking out on air airplanes since people have been allowed to fly like they said it's crazy and they're like what what has happened to people within a year to make them think that it's okay to punch somebody that you don't even know or even somebody that you do know on an airplane yeah I think we've all just been cooped up for too long and we've all been watching a little bit too many horror movies yeah who knows I don't know it's just really interesting to kind of see what our world has kind of become ever since, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic started. I think people have gotten angrier, more political. People have, you know, gotten more opinionated with their stuff. And I think also that, you know, people have, the world's gotten a little bit scarier. And so it's no doubt to me that horror movies are bad now because 
they, you know, it's all about ghosts and people going to remote islands trying to find these demons and stuff. Nobody ever has a horror movie that's like, okay, I take that back. Actually, American Horror Story did this for season seven, I want to say, when they did their cult one. It was like about the presidential election. Oh. But I was like, yeah, it was about Donald Trump getting elected and everybody being like, the world's ending. Ah. And I'm like, you know what? Nobody really, nobody other than them really has done a horror movie with the, the surrounding focus being reality today. Yeah. That'd be interesting if more people did to kind of see what they could create, like metaphors they could kind of like tie into all the wacky yeah. stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a crazy time that we live in, but I don't know. Hopefully we make it all through. But. 2020. I know they said this about 2021 and then clearly that was proven incorrect. 2022 people. Come on, please. It's going to be our year. It's going to have to be. Exactly. You know, they just manifest. That's another thing that I've been seeing a lot more on social media manifest, you know, maybe, maybe that's real. And maybe we could all manifest a happy 2022. We should so prioritize yourself, jump in a boat, and make yes. sure that you are watching plenty of horror movies so that you have your escape route when yes. bad things happen. <laughs> and also, if you're ever, um, you know, if the horror movies ever get to you, Disney Plus is also a great option. I'm going to put a shout out to Luca, which is my new favorite Disney movie, which is super difficult because I was in love with The Little Mermaid when I was little. And then Luke came out and I'm like, I'm so confused. Like, this movie is so good. I don't understand. And the guy who wrote it, this information might be a little, but I, I read like one article about it. Um, The either he was a main writer or some writer based it off of his real life. He lived in Italy and he was a really shy boy and his friend helped him come out of his comfort zone. And so he kind of, obviously the sea monster thing didn't happen, but he took a real life story and expanded upon that. And I think that's so sweet. That's cool. Well, thank you so much, Abby, for being back on this podcast. Um, I know that this episode was a little bit different and it was a little bit weird, but I think overall, this was an episode that needed to happen to kind of, bring to light some issues and also just kind of talk about some things that are trending and have a little bit of a change because talking about the antichrist for two episodes can get a little (laughs) heavy. So um, we will be back next month focusing on a new topic, which is going to be women in business. We have a couple impressive women coming on the podcast to talk about their business and what it is like to create their business and what their goals are for the future. Um, oddballers is going to return on September 3rd. So make sure that you are marking your calendars because we will be back then. Um, also be sure to follow us on Instagram and also make sure to like, and follow our brand new Facebook page. Both are listed at oddballers podcast. Um, so go over there right now. You'll see exclusive content, um, photos from episodes that we talk about and, You'll also be able to comment, like, and even, you know, message me if you have questions about future episodes or, you know, want to have a discussion about something that I mentioned. Again, all of this, our opinions, Oddballers is based in fact, but I do say a lot of my own opinions on here. So don't take it to heart. I'm not trying to offend anyone. I'm just simply standing on my soapbox. And if you don't like what I have to say, Go to the next episode because I'm sure there's something in there that you might enjoy. So until then, my name's Elizabeth Wires, and this is Oddballers. Oddballers is a bi-weekly podcast hosted by Elizabeth Wires.
This podcast will dive deep into popular culture and media to explore the weird truth behind any and all topics, odd and interesting, and try and understand why humans are so fascinated with the biggest trends, tales, and oddities of the world. Join me for a new topic every month to learn a little something odd about the world that we inhabit. This is Oddballers.